This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Time can feel like it's in short supply. Between work, family, and friends, there's very little time left just for you. What would you do with an extra hour in your day? What's important to you? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. It's a great way to increase self-awareness, build a greater sense of purpose, deal with overthinking, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash be here now today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash be here now. People, shine your light, we are equal. I remember the days when our prayers were illegal. I remember the days when being Indian was lethal. Yeah, we had a rough past, but get ready for the sequel. Get ready for the glorious comeback of our people. Oh, yeah. Rise up, all you warriors of love, all you answers to the prayers of our ancestors from above. I can feel it in my heart, can you feel it in your blood? I can hear the seventh fire calling us to wake up, wake up. All nations rise, rise up cause now's your time. Hello and welcome to the Shakti Hour podcast on Ramdas's Be Here Now Network. I'm your host, Melanie Moser, and today I'm sharing a conversation with Lila June Johnston, a poet, musician, and community servant. Lila uh, is a poet of the Navajo and Cheyenne lineages, and she has done so much work in her young life to support our relationships with Mother Earth, and to cultivate places for reconciliation to occur within and between different cultural groups, including co-founding the Taos Peace Reconciliation Council. She uh, is also one of the lead organizers of the Black Hills Unity Concert. And um, personally, I, I grew up in South Dakota and have a individual connection to the sacredness of the western half of the state, the Black Hills, uh, the Badlands, and, um, you know, really growing up in a state like that, so intimately connected with the uh, land and the, mm, how do we say, the devastation of the the indigenous uh reservations. Um, I grew up with a bit of a disconnect because I also loved so much this landscape and it's an undeniably sacred place. I mean, of all the places I've traveled around the globe, um, you know, the Black Hills, especially in certain, certain parts of the Black Hills and all of Western South Dakota is just so rich with a deep, uh, deep, deep spirituality that just resonates out of the, the land herself. And, um, anyway, we didn't talk too much about that together. Uh, uh, we didn't have a whole lot of time together, but we do, uh, start by talking about, uh, a Lakota, uh, 
saying and and then get into some deeper stuff on uh, gender, masculine, feminine, uh, non-binary and and sexual healing. And, um, you know, uh, I just uh, really hope you'll 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 dig this. And I hope I get a chance to talk with Lila again at, uh, at more depth and um, and possibly even to work with her in some way. And uh, I hope that uh, you guys are, are really enjoying the Shakti Hour. We, we're going to get back up into the um, Shakti Sacred Music Series in the coming months. So if you want to get caught up on that, you can you know, go find those episodes on the Be Here Now Network or on iTunes or your favorite podcast network supplier. Or you can go to ShaktiSacredMusic.com, a special website that I made for that series and get caught up and listen to some cool sacred music from around the globe made by women. You can also follow us on Twitter at Shakti Hour. And of course, all of the information is always on BeHereNowNetwork.com, the Shakti Hour page. Please do uh, remember to subscribe to the Shakti Hour on iTunes and leave us a rating and review. You can also join us on Patreon.com slash Shakti Hour if you'd like to get some more in-depth experiences from the podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and namaste. So I, uh, it's, I, I grew up in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and, um, and I, I uh, bought a T-shirt, I remember, in junior high that said, Matakwe Awesome, because I was uh, mm-hmm. obsessed with... Uh, the concept, but they didn't have, you know, they, I grew up in South Dakota, but I didn't have any true connection to the indigenous communities there. Can you tell us what that, what that means to you? Sure. Um, literally it means, um, my relatives, all of them. Me means my, Takoe yeah. means relatives. Um, and Oyasin means all of them. So you're, it's a prayer for all your relatives. And obviously in the Lakota worldview, our relatives aren't just our brother, our sister, our aunt, our uncle, our grandma, grandpa, but it also extends to the trees as our relatives. The buffalo are our relatives. The mycelium is our relative. Even the rain is our relative. And even the stars are our relatives. So it's really a universal prayer for everything. And it's a universal prayer for everything that acknowledges the kinship we have with, with every single, I hate to say thing, because Mitakoya Yasin tries to unthing things so that they're not just things, but they're people and they're spirits and they have voices and they have needs and they have dreams. And it tries to de-objectify the universe from being a universe of things to being a universe of, of beings with, with needs and thoughts and, and dreams. And so we're honoring the personhood of trees. We're honoring the personhood of buffalo. We're honoring the nationhood of, of the chicken hops. You know, we're honoring that this is, a, this is not just a species. You know, this is a nation that has their own governance structure, their own ecology, their own needs, their own everything. And so our job is to uh, to relate to them on a nation-to-nation basis. So 
there's a Mitakwe Oyasin has a literal meaning, but it actually, if you unpack it, has a, a really beautiful understanding of the cosmos. So that's what I would say it means to me. That's lovely. I mean, you know, this was, so this was like, you know, the nineties, the sort of been the nineties, you know, or late eighties, early nineties. And that, and I had that, and you know, just in this, this time where I would never have been considered at that point, something like cultural appropriation or it, I wasn't attempting to, you know, use it to further my brand or it, it was something that I saw what it was. I heard what it was and I, I liked the image on the t-shirt and I wanted it to be a part of my, a part of my life. You know what I'm saying? And I, I feel like I, I'm curious about what that would be, what that experience could even be like for me now as like a young person growing up in this time to have that. I mean, no one, no one would ever have made a comment on it to me in my sphere at that time. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm just curious about, you know, I mean, um, I'm just curious about how that, how that evolution has, has happened for you as a, as a person growing up in, in the, in and associated with the culture and now becoming someone that's, you know, performer and a speaker and a leader who is asked to give that definition and to reflect to the spiritual community. Do you know what I'm getting at? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I do know. I know exactly what you're getting at. I'm just, I'm just trying to be patient and uh, let you finish um, the Feel, question. Feeling my um, way through it. Yeah. 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 No, it's great. So, um, so I'm not necessarily like all other indigenous peoples. Yeah. Um, for instance, if someone wears a Mitakwe Oyasin shirt, yeah. I my first inclination is not to put them on blast on social media and right. make them sh feel ashamed and make them feel bad. My first inclination is number one to be grateful. There's pros and cons, right? There's pros and cons to someone wearing the Metakwe Oyasin shirt. Uh, and the pros are that a hundred years ago, European society in America was massacring us, putting us in boarding schools, treating us like subhumans. And now they're wearing our sayings on their T-shirt. You know, that's a, that's an improvement. That's good. Um, so from my experience, like a lot of natives, they hate when European culture destroys our culture, but they also hate when European culture appreciates our culture. Right. Um, so it's like, you really can't, you can't win. Um, but there is a, there is a flip side to, wearing the Metakwe Oyasi shirt that I think Native people are trying to get at, which is, uh, and, and I think we should make this point without judgment, without making people feel bad or, but basically, let me give an example. As, as Navajo people, we wear our hair in uh, what we call tziyeh, which is like a, a bun, and we tie it with white yarn. And I wear it around the world all the time. 
and this woman from uh, China said, wow, that's so beautiful. We're going to tie my hair like that tomorrow, okay? And I was like, whoa, um, okay, well, there's a few things that you need to know before you tie your hair like this. And those things might take you a few years to learn because <laughs> it's a very deep learning process. Yeah. And you'd actually have to come to New Mexico if you want to know these things because you can't learn them apart from the land. And so which is I beautiful. was trying to help which is perceive beautiful. that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I've had a, other folks also say, like, I, I want to wear my hair like that. Can you teach me how? And it's like, yes. So we left off with you saying, sure, we can tie your hair, but give me a, give me a couple years um, on the land. <laughs> That's where we left off. Right, right. Okay. So I think that a lot of native people when they when they see other people quote unquote take their culture and wear it or use it or speak it there's two things going on number 1 they don't want people to take it without first doing their homework it's to really understand it Sure. Um, and, and paying that homage to the knowledge by taking the time to, to really learn it from, from the people themselves instead of from usually someone who's speaking for the people who isn't of the nation. And number two is I think Native people are just, we're just hurt. You know, everything hurts because we've been trampled on for so many centuries. That yeah. It's like not... Not only are you going to take all my land, all my um, my children to boarding schools, take my kids and give me commodity foods, but now you want to use my culture without taking the time to heal those past wounds. So it's kind of like the the mascot issue. Is I think it would be different if America was very respectful. To people and had a really good history with native people and then used a mascot and even then that's problematic but 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 not only are they using a mascot but they're using of a nation that to this day they still see as second-class citizens and treat as second-class citizens and so it's extra it's like a adding in injury um so that's what i would say um so I think if you want to wear the Matakwe Yasin shirt, I personally would like that. Right. It's <laughs> cool that European culture is now actually learning from us. Like, it's like reverse assimilation. Like, we used to be forced into European culture, but now Europeans are voluntarily coming into our culture because that's how cool we are, you know? And that's cool. I think a way to do that in a good way is to to do what you're doing now and ask, you know, what does this mean from your perspective? Um, and then also take time to do tangible work to help native communities so that we're not just taking this cool thing, but not actually working to reverse the legacy of colonization. So for instance, you could, you could donate a hundred dollars to a native American scholarship, um, you know, fund once a year, you know, 
that would make wearing that shirt a whole nother ball game because you're not just wearing the shirt, you're walking the shirt as well. Right. I mean, it's, um, it's a conundrum because it, there's so much, uh, easily applicable, sane, <laughs> sane teachings from so many of the indigenous cultures that I think, um, uh, I think that it's so, it's so, it's so capitalistic, but it's also, you know, it's, it's, um, you know, it's, it's so needed right now. It's so needed Te teachings rooted in the earth, rooted in, in yeah. di different systems of, of governing, of tribal organization of, yeah. you know, you know, but then, but then this, it's a culture that's, you know, that also is just healing itself and just, you know, regenerating itself and being able to have the, the, um, I'm feeling the weaving of a rug, like having the strength of the interweavings of the, its own self to be able to hold, hold us, yeah. other people coming to, to take those teachings and to, to apply them. And, and so I feel like, um, yeah, I hear you. And that was another thing I was going to say is that I think a lot of European descent people in this continent that, you know, we prefer to call Turtle Island instead of America because America comes from Amerigo Vespucci, who is a pirate for slaves and gold uh, on official business to get slaves and gold. But anyways, European descendant folks on Turtle Island are naturally going to be attracted to Native American culture if they yearn for something better than what American society can offer them. Because basically we have all of these children, these white children, born into a world their souls know is not right. They know patriarchy isn't right. They know control isn't right. They know destruction of the earth isn't right. And just because you're white doesn't mean your soul can't feel that. And right. feel that. Right. And so what you have is white white children born who know that they don't want American culture. And they think that that's who they are. So they strive to learn from people who are not American culture. Um, right. Strive to learn from the, the opposite of American culture, which is indigenous culture. Right. Um, and so that makes sense to me. If I was white, which I am actually almost half European, but if I was, you know, I looked like a white kid and felt like a white kid in America. I wouldn't want anything to do with it either. Um, and I would be seeking as well. So I think as Native people, we shouldn't be angry at European Americans who are looking to us in admiration, in appreciation, um, because their souls need a place to go that feels sane that feels respectful that feels kind and so um i think it's only natural actually um 
And what I would say on top of that is this idea that white people have no good culture, which I think is what a lot of white people think, is like we, we, we think that white culture has nothing to offer. But what I would say is we need to look deeper. We need to look deeper into our European roots to find the beauty. Um, because, for instance, a lot of people in America have Scottish roots. And the Scottish people had a beautiful culture. And they were colonized by the British in horrific ways. Yeah, I would say even worse than... Native Americans. Like, for instance, every Scottish man who married his wife had to let the Lord sleep with his wife before they got married. So you, you're, you're basically, in order to marry a woman, you had to let her get raped by the British Lord. That's the kind of trauma that we as Scottish people, I'm part Scottish, are carrying. I mean, it's, it's dirty. It is dark and and hard and painful. Um, and so these are things that we really need to look over that we as European peoples are not white. You know, white is a blanket term. It's a term that erases our roots. Right, which is part we, of the, the draw for the, for the worst of it, correct? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the... You know, that's the, the desired result for the, for the worst the worst manifestations of that. But I love that you're, you're drawing, yeah, you're drawing that into, you know, really it's, it's, it's looking at ancestral culture just beyond, <laughs> beyond putting one or the other's wisdom on a pedestal, but looking deeper into our own ancestors to see what's really going on here and what wisdom is there. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So I, I guess in conclusion, I would say, yes, let us learn from Native American cultures. Let us learn from Indian cultures. Let us learn from South American cultures. And let's never forget that we have beauty, too. And it's 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 part of our duty to research that beauty. And it's part of our duty to even if all we do is understand the Ogden tree calendar that says that um that, that says that each tree is part of the, the wheel uh, and each tree has a certain part of the to, re to represent it. Um, and that's, a, that's something that is traditional to the British, what we now call the British Isles. Even if all you do is get some bluestone from Wales and, and keep that around your neck to honor your ancestors, um, even if all you do is learn a little bit of Hungarian, which one is, is one of the few indigenous languages of Europe that wasn't um, Romanized. Um, even if all you do is is research some of the the uh, uh, clay effigies that were sculpted by human hands forty thousand years ago in Europe to honor the divine feminine and the fertility of the earth, even if all you do is read Chalice and the Blade uh, to, to learn how European culture went from a culture of, a, of sharing to a culture of war, 
Um, these little things are part of our duty as European peoples to, to honor our heritage and to, to notice that we have you too. Um, right. So it's a stepping, and I like that you're giving it like a, <laughs> it's not to tokenism to, to take in one of these reflections and hold it and learn from it. You know, I don't have to become an expert in, in some other culture to honor it. I can, I can get a lot out of. Yes. I think where people, yeah, absolutely. And I think where people take a wrong turn is they, they try to represent it. You know, that's something that's a little bit dicey is when you say you learn something from the Lakota and then you go out and say like, oh, I'm now an expert in this and I can teach you guys about this, which is what a lot of people do. A, a lot of people do. I went to a shamanism conference recently and there was this guy who was selling program for $400 a person that was called Become a Shining One. And it was a European guy who had gone to America and learned this specific ritual from an indigenous person there and then turned around and said, I am now a shaman um, inducted by this guy's ritual. And now I can now give this ritual to others because I am now culture and it would be one thing if he wasn't charging and he wasn't and getting a lot of fame and money as a result of it but he it just kind of shows it's self-evident that he actually didn't learn anything <laughs> from the shaman and he he just he didn't he never got the core of the teachings um well, it's so an that's, interesting that's thing, you know. I've had, I think we can get into. Yeah, and I've had this conversation with different um, teachers that have studied. I'm thinking of this one Iyengar yoga teacher who is in her late 70s, you know, who's been practicing and studying Iyengar yoga since she was 30. And, you know, it's this rigorous training. It's like a 15-year training practice before you can teach at the level she's teaching for this you know, kind of yoga. And I just, I was talking to her about it. I was like, you know, there's these 200 hour yoga teacher training thingies, you know, 200 hours, which, you know, does the land <laughs> register time, even in the same, you know, does the wisdom come through time in that same way? And, you know, she, she had, she was like, you know, well, we need teachers. And she was saying, you know, you can get in somewhere and then maybe you go further to find the, the depth of the teaching somewhere else. And I am, I'm a lot more of a curmudgeon about it. I, I am, I'm humbled to have this podcast where I just talk to people. You know, you know, about their practice and, you know, have them not even stepped into the foray of writing a book or doing all these, you know, doing my own teachings. Because the deeper I get and the more masters I'm around in different things, 
I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm just, I'm just saying the more that I just feel like, wow, you know, I, I feel like you get a calling to offer these teachings at a certain point. But before then, if you're trying to market it, I don't really understand what it is. Yeah, and I, I honestly think that European culture has, has been tortured so deeply. Um, and that has a lot of symptoms. But one of those symptoms is we have become a capitalist culture. Through our torture, we have forgotten generosity-based societal um, process. So we become a very much like, what can I get instead of what can I give? And so what you have is you have a capitalist culture trying to learn wisdom from a spiritual culture. And so I don't think it's surprising that one of our first inclinations when we happen upon these spiritual cultures is like, wow, I could probably make some money off of this, you know, <laughs> because we've been trained. We've yeah. been trained for centuries to think like that. Yeah. And that's one of the, the social social faux pas and pitfalls we must resist, even though it's our it's our need of like, oh, huh. And then another thing we've been conditioned to do is is to get fame and reputation. So that's the second little light bulb that goes off. It's like, huh, I could I could make myself look pretty cool with this. So we try to get money and we try to get fame. Um, and, and, and a lot of people from India are pretty upset at the whole yoga industry in America. Cause it never was meant to be an industry. Right. And it never was meant to be in like, like jazzercise, you know, it was, it's, it's a, it's not something <laughs> you do for art. It's, it's a, it's a lifelong practice it's a way of life um and so i'm not trying to bag on yoga teachers i'm not trying to shame anything i'm just saying we didn't quite get that one we didn't quite that something very important was lost in translation when, when yoga came to america and it's very predictable at this point i mean america commodifies everything we're really good at it. It's like the one thing we know how to do really well. And now we're learning that that, by definition, inherently has social side effects when we commodify things and and dig ourselves into a pit of selfishness. Um, so anyways, that's sort of a little bit on that. But I was actually wondering if we could change just a little bit because you said that... Um, one of your questions was, is spiritual practice different for women than it is for men? And yeah. I was wondering if, if I could speak on that for a little bit. Yeah, because I, I was just, well, that was kind of the flow of where this was headed. You're holding the whole thing in. You're, you're giving <laughs> us the, you're giving us yeah. the maternal, you're giving us a maternal way of holding the whole thing. And I, that's how I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it as a feminine holistic. So yeah, I'd love to hear, hear your reflections on that. Yeah, I think this is super important. One of them, one of, if maybe one of the most important conversations for human healing to occur um, is that at least what my elders taught me, and this is very gendered, so I have to be careful not to exclude the non-gender conforming uh, family out there. 
However, this is a, a part of the, the teachings that we have that are very old. Um, but they say that women um, have a different covenant with creator than men. And therefore, they have a different objective than men. And therefore, the way that you destroy a woman is different than the way that you destroy a man. So basically, the covenant that, that the, the, what my eldest told me is the covenant that women have with creator is that we will bear life and we will be ready when creator sends life. And we will keep it sacred and we will do our best to bear life in the best way we can. The male covenant with creator is that they will protect the sacred. They will protect life. So the native spirit that does exist on this planet and does wreak havoc on this planet all the time, and even though this spirit has no power, it's very good at tricking us into giving up our own power. This spirit is constantly trying to uh, um, damage the self-esteem of everyone. However, because women have a different aspiration than men, the way that it destroys a woman's soul is different than the way it will destroy a man's soul. For, for women, the way that you make her feel like she failed at her covenant is rape. If she feels like she cooperated or participated in some kind of unsacred sexual experience, which I know is kind of an oxymoron because sex, by definition, is sacred. And if it's not, then it's not sex. But anyways, <laughs> so if, if she feels like she has participated in something dirty or bad or raunchy or um, lacking virtue even if she was drunk when it happened and she blames herself because oh well I was drunk so I, I chose to drink that at night so therefore it's, it's my fault and I'm a bad woman then she feels like she broke her covenant with creator and she feels horrible and I can attest to that because I've been raped since I was very young and I always had low self-esteem until my elders came and said it was not your fault so our goal as women in our spiritual battle is to not fall for the trick that the rape was our fault it's classic every woman and rape is not defined as someone holding you down with a gun and making i'm it can be more subtle than that mm. and most of us have been through it mm. we don't might not want to admit it but most of us have been through rape where maybe our boyfriend said oh it's my birthday you know if you do this for me it would make me happy you know that's right because we're being pressured into something that we don't want to do maybe we do want to do it that's different but if we're not really doing it because we want to but we're doing it because we have to or feel like we have to that's rape according to my elders so then let's go over to the man side and i know this is very gendered but this is something about this that is important for us to understand um the way that the negative spirit harms the men is it, there's two ways. It damages the women in his family. So 
that makes him feel like he failed at his covenant to protect the sacred, um, to protect the women. So, for instance, if his sister gets abused in some way and he wasn't there to stay, or if his mother gets beat up in front of him, those boys, little boys who experience that, often have a really, really, really rough life because no one is there to help them heal and help them see that it wasn't their fault. And they feel such low, low self and like, man, I quote unquote, let my mom get beat up. Therefore, I'm a failure as a protector. Therefore, I'm not a true man. Therefore, let me make up for it by having a big truck or being really tough or womanizing all these women or, or and, and they, overcompensate for manhood that they didn't even lose, but they think they lost mm -hmm. in very unhealthy ways. And so another thing that I'm learning over time that really damages the male spirit is if they are raped by another male. Mm -hmm. um, and I didn't, I didn't know, but this is a huge epidemic throughout the world. Mm -hmm. um, and, and a lot of it comes from Roman culture and the way the Roman Empire disseminated this cycle in places all around the world. Yeah. So if that happens to a little little boy who doesn't identify as gay, then it really scares him because he thinks, oh my God. And again, it's just like the woman can blame herself. Like, oh, I, I didn't run away, so therefore it's my fault. But if the boy accepts... Sorry, go ahead. I know I'm talking a lot. No, no, no. I... So the, those covenants, I think, are so, so, so real. And then I feel, here's my feeling, is that, you know, unless you're digging deeply into confronting these issues in yourself, that this is something that can be, in, at least in my experience, challenging to impart to people that are not um, young men and women, just put it that way. When it's not in their, yeah, in their no. experience or it's not causing them a difficulty... There's just so much momentum of the other way, but but once you see that this is actually driving so much of the pain <laughs> for everyone, it's like, wait, we have to stop this right now. <laughs> uh, we have to re-thread yeah. this, this rug of sacred sexuality and this covenant for all of us. Right. And, and, and the covenant is... Not that we succeed, but that we try. And all of us are trying. Yeah. And that's all the ancestors are asking of us. They're not asking us to be perfect. They're just asking us to try. And we're all doing that. We're all succeeding in that. And Creator is such a big, beautiful, loving force that He, he it, up. So if it's not lifting you up and making you feel good about yourself, it's not Creator. That's yeah. the only thing Creator does. Creator gives us a blank slate every moment of every day to come back to her. There's never any outcasts. It's not how Creator's world works. And I can say that based on experience, having been a former criminal and, and, and being quite a bad person for a lot of my life and finally getting better. But my prayer is that, that we can all remember as men, as women, as non-gender conforming peoples, that we are holy, we are worthy, 
And the vast majority of things we think are our fault are actually not our fault. And what happens to us when we're children and through us as a result is not our fault. And so I think that's important for us to, to love ourselves, love each other. And when we see someone like Trump, to not hate him and think he's horrible, but to realize he probably has childhood trauma that causes him to do these things. Um, and so in that way, I just want to end on a prayer that all women and all men you know, may be healed all non-gender conforming family out there to, to be held and loved and uplifted and, 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 and protected from a world that tries to destroy them every day. Um, and, and that, that we can heal those things and remember that, that we've, we never, we're never too far away from creator's love. Beautiful. That's absolutely true. And I, and I really, so appreciate your um, depth of honesty <laughs> and willingness to just state the facts and bring us back to a place of healing and uh, and and unconditional love. Absolutely, my sister, and thank you so much for your journey and your quest to know these things and to explore these things. I hope your I hope your discussions go far and wide and help many people. Thank you, Lila. Same. All right, my friend, have a beautiful day and thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much. You have a wonderful day too. Bye-bye.
before they can recharge We're not in charge, nature's in charge Look to the stars, remember who you are Stay humble or fall, we don't know it all And we are not exempt from natural law Live selfishly and the structure will fall But if we live for those unborn, then the song will go on So before you take a book off the shelf Take a look inside yourself Answers come to you at light speed I'm searching for knowledge that I can't find on a news feed Knowledge found through intuition Knowledge found through fasting and dancing This ain't superstition It's ancestral tradition So throw me the spear of wisdom Sharpened and sunlit I'm giving my life to the oneness I'm a warrior, I'm sun-kissed I'm armed, but I'm harmless Protecting cycles of rain and cycles of snow Fighting for children whose names I will never know I look up and read the messages written all across the sky Messages telling us that it's time to evolve or die It's time to live this life right So that when our children look back They look back with pride This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Time can feel like it's in short supply. Between work, family, and friends, there's very little time left just for you. What would you do with an extra hour in your day? What's important to you? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. It's a great way to increase self-awareness, build a greater sense of purpose, deal with overthinking, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash BeHereNowToday to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash BeHereNow.